Well, everybody, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. This is another episode where I know what we're going to talk about, but nobody else in the room knows what we're going to talk about. Do other episodes exist? <laughs> where people That's a know good what we're point. talking about? That's a good point. Um, I mean, you could have left that out. Just well, said, welcome to the 307 Podcast. You know, if there's a one thing I can be credited for in 307 Project, it's the podcast. I feel like the podcast is my little baby, and I... Uh, it's like, I take that as a big responsibility for me. I'm thinking all week about like, okay, what, what can we talk about? We have to have something to talk about. You guys that have actual important things that need to be done, which allows me to think about what to talk about on the podcast. Well, so I appreciate you guys. The podcast is about what started the whole shebang. I mean, it's yeah. a big part it's of it. It's been around so. for the longest. Yeah. Yeah. It That's really has. important. You um, do good at it too, Chad. Well, I just want to let you know you do good at this. You podcast. know that's the wrong thing to tell me, <laughs> man. You do good. <laughs> um, hey, uh, well, yeah, my my our marriage counselor told me yesterday that I am I am created to perform at my best in crisis. So don't tell me I'm doing good at anything. Oh, okay. uh, to tell me things are about. You have to come to me and say, Chad, things are about to collapse. No, I think okay? you're doing good, but I think we need to create some crisis. Well, well I told Chad I was going to quit. <laughs> if, yeah. Well, uh, I, he had a QuickBooks crisis the other day. You mm-hmm. didn't come to help him. I didn't What's tell him about it. I didn't tell him about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he didn't tell me about it. Uh, yeah, Chili, I was just thinking. Um, go take a trip or something. We need to go and buy one of those adventure vans for like 250 grand and create a crisis in our business. <laughs> yeah. We would probably become millionaires much faster if we would do that. We'd rise out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think y'all should. <laughs> Uh, man, great PT this morning. What, how did you guys feel about that? We did, we did what's called pro dev this morning, professional development. So you guys, if you don't know our schedule here at three or seven project during most of the week, we're usually all working on projects kind of at our own pace and we talk to each other and whatever needs to be done, we, we get it done. But on Wednesdays is our day where we come together as a full team. And we usually do team PT in the morning, which is a run or a swim or CrossFit workout, whatever. But this morning we did pro dev, professional development. I like to practice what I preach. So I like for us to learn new skills together. And uh, hopefully we can keep doing that throughout the years. But how'd you guys enjoy that? I enjoyed it. It was fun learning a new skill. So I really enjoyed that a lot. What did we learn this morning? I didn't even yeah, tell you the people did good, what we Krista. learned. We learned how to shoot this morning. Yeah. I like Range day. There's not many times where we do Team PT and I think, I could beat anybody out here right now. <laughs> I take And it. I felt that way this morning. So it was nice to be in my element. You thought that? Oh, yeah. I could have beat anybody there. I still can. Were you not watching me? <laughs> I watched. I still thought it, though. I texted Blake last night. All right. He said, what are we doing? I said, um, well, do you want to run or go to the range? And he immediately responded, go to the range. Yeah, I, I told him that on the way over here. I thought, that's the easiest decision I've made in the month. Talk uh, about <laughs> talk about that the, the progression, Krista. Because I think that was something that kind of hit you square and and you understood it. You understood that progression. I think a lot of times when we take people out there, they feel like we're cheating them when we start off with the very, very simple steps. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think think you described it as learning to crawl and then walk and then run. And that's the essence of the progression. And I can identify with that in other areas of my life, just even – learning and coaching CrossFit or even a sport or other skills I've done. And so that made sense to me. Um, it, but it is hard to be disciplined to be willing to crawl at first because people want to start running. But if you don't lay those foundations, uh, you don't progress to the uh, point where you actually are doing well and you have lots of gaps. And so I thought you did a very good job teaching and starting off with the basics and starting off with uh, just principles of safety and um just even teaching about the gun and how it works, why it works that way, 
Um, and then even just the technique of shooting and the things to focus on going through those steps. So it was well done. Thank you. You're and getting pretty good at, at teaching and shooting too. Well, it's, it's a streamlined process. We've been teaching out on that range now for about two, two years, maybe. Yeah. So we have, a, close. we built our own private range. And by the way, we're at some point, we're going to have a place for you guys that have been through the basic course, the proving grounds, or whatever, if you want to come out and learn how to shoot, we're going to have a place on the website for you guys to come and sign up for that uh, for a range training day. We've already trained a bunch of our past students that have reached out to us specifically asking about doing that. But, yeah, it's definitely in my wheelhouse, um, and Blake's too, and we enjoy doing it. It is. The crawl, walk, run, you know, Krista, you're exactly right. I, I think a lot of people want to skip the crawling stage, but it is – it is an essential step of learning any new skill. Why am I even talking about this? Because this principle applies across all aspects of your life, whether it's in CrossFit, whether it's in running, whether it's in business, whether it's becoming a team member, whether it's out on the range shooting, you have to follow that process. There ain't nothing sexy about learning how to crawl. All right. And you're going to be thinking, well, I think I can go faster than this. But you've got to build that super solid foundation. I told you guys, when we're out on the range, I've come to the realization, sometimes we have family members that want to come down there. And guess what? Nobody wants to start crawling. Nobody wants to start with that. We have family members that come down there or close, long, lifelong friends, right? And they're like, I just want to come down there and do some shooting. And it's just, it, you, it's actually, uh, they actually are when we do that they build bad habits so they're actually down there shooting but they're going in reverse in terms of their skill level they're setting themselves back because they don't want to spend the the extra hour and a half it takes on the front end to learn how to crawl nobody wants to do that it's an absolute waste of time for me to take you anywhere and train you to do anything if you have not allotted the time to go through that crawling stage, right? Because you're never going to run unless you build that foundation and uh, and you build off of that foundation. So well, I think an important part of that, an element of that foundation stage and that crawling stage is during that time you understand or you learn, you should be learning why you're doing what you're doing. And if you skip over that, then later in the game, you're not going to know how to self-correct you know, because you're not always going to have somebody standing there next to you, reminding you of certain things or, or pointing out to you what you might be doing wrong that needs to be corrected. But uh, if you know why you're doing what you're doing and you remember those steps and those uh, th those foundational things, then when you run into a problem, you know how to fix it and why you're doing what you're doing and why it's wrong. So I think that's a, a big piece of it. Yes. Yeah, that's a, it's a big step when a baby goes from crawling to walking, right? Like that takes a pretty good amount of effort and stuff. But when you go from walking to running, you can kind of learn that on your own. So that's a good point to actually spend the time doing that when someone who knows what they're doing is there and you can learn how to run on your own. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when we first started training people uh, in this discipline of shooting, it is a discipline. It's 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 very, it very very closely resembles a martial art or a a sport or whatever. I guess you could say shooting is in a people call it a sport, but it is a, a discipline. And when we first started training people in this discipline, we we wanted to actually do it under a whole nother business model, um, but we decided to roll it in to the construct of three of seven project and not host this stuff under a whole different business name and brand because you are engaging your full self. You said it earlier, Krista, you are engaging your full self, uh, everything physically and mentally. Um, I don't know about spiritually, uh, but at least your full self phys physically yeah. and mentally when you're out there and it's exhausting. I've seen people take a shot on the range, put the gun down, and walk over to the edge and start crying. So if you don't think it's engaging emotionally, 
some people it is and on everybody it is to some degree yeah yeah i definitely experienced that connection between mind and body and uh that's one of the things i enjoyed about it so much and uh, is i felt uh i knew i would be engaging myself mentally and i i anticipated being a little fatigued even afterwards because you're having to focus and concentrate and thinking thinking through all these different steps but uh physically just holding my arms up there and making sure you know my grip was right and i was you know bracing myself and using certain muscles and positioning my body in a certain way it was engaging my body too and so it that was very uh enjoyable to engage my mind and body and really feel like my whole self was present in the action and in learning that skill so i do think that caught me a little off guard but i enjoyed that whoa, whoa. good gosh whoa. almighty son happens about every 10 shows good gracious well you guys did really well chili you did good man good well, job well thank you I mean, Blake already told on me for going over there and crying, but... <laughs> no, it wasn't Chili. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Chili, you're coming a long ways, man. You know you're ahead in the sticker club, right? What are you talking about? We need... Matt. Matt. We need to update <laughs> we need on to the update. sticker club, man. Look, how are y'all buying more stickers of Chili than of me? <laughs> what the crap, man? It might be due to the quality of your picture. It, it almost looks like a deformed... Um, version of it shouldn't matter well if they really are take if they i don't know what the numbers are but if they're buying more of me it's probably as a joke chad well you know <laughs> we, we found out today his doppelganger is harry styles so maybe that's what it is who I is think, harry styles i don't really know but i think i'm better looking than him why has nobody gotten a picture of krista yet i, I don't what, know for the what, sticker club yeah what? that was on you made it <laughs> we'll get one. Well, I, I'll start. I'll start looking for. She. She was. I. I thought about trying to get one over doing her pull up, but she was smart. She went up on. She was facing away from everyone. I couldn't get her. The tractor was in the way. Nobody could get around there and kind of get a, mm -hmm. a secret. It Sorry, would have been was, very I was obvious. Smiling while I was doing my pull up. Okay. Anyway, so. Okay. Well, go, go ahead and expound on what you mean by that. I've come a long way, man. Um. Just shows well, your ignorance. You know how to undo those belts now. You figured that out. You know the belt where they meet up. Think of the skills. Think True. of think of the, the skills that yeah. you've learned, Chili, over the last year, dude. You've learned how to get the key out of the ignition. Two years. You took your first now. first flight on an airplane. You killed your first deer. You can shoot weapons well now. You did really well today. Um You've traveled across the country. You've become very much more just responsible and cultured and skilled, man, in so many ways. Even with our uh, with our new running project that we're take, putting up, Nuff Said Running, uh, you're you're just dude. You're thinking about this stuff. You're you're bringing it all together. I'm watching you just thrive, dude. And I'm like, I think you sold me short before. He's starting to get pretty good at running too, ain't he? Nah. Well, he said his limp's getting better, so. <laughs> I asked him how he was doing on the way down in the range, and he said, there was never anything bothering me. Of and course I, he said that. I said, is that thing that never bothered you still not bothering you? <laughs> he said, yeah. We you, pulled back up here into the driveway, and Chili walks up to the side of my <laughs> car when I pulled in, and he said, Chad, can you figure out why the key won't come out of this suburban ignition? I didn't want to mess it up. That ain't my vehicle. And, and I walk up, and I said, let me look at it, Chili. Well, he's pulled into his parking spot, left the, the vehicle in drive, put on the emergency brake, turned the vehicle off, and he can't pull the key out of the ignition. And I said, well, Chili, you got to put this thing in park when you get to where you want to go. You drive a manual? Yeah. That Maz is manual? That old Maz. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's what got him. I don't think it's manual, but... <laughs> well, here's the deal. I'm an idiot, but all that... that Chili, spit just... that gum out, man. You're smacking like a darn... Right into his microphone. Yeah. Well, Chad... Let me... Hey, man. I'll just pack up and go home. <laughs> Jeez. Good gracious. You just sold me short all this time. I think that's what it is. When people met me a couple months ago, uh, based off of what they had heard you say about me, they just thought I was going to be just this absolute 
loser. And they were like, well, he's not. A couple of them told me, well, you're not that bad. I said, well, yeah. What do you mean? They were like, well, Chad acts like you just suck. I was like, what? No. Under promise and over deliver. That's yeah. what he was doing. Chili, yeah. do you realize what people would pay to be in your position, to be mentored by me? Toodled. For, mu- for multiple years. No, I don't realize it, but you've told me many times. You hadn't started mentoring him yet, have you? You're still tootling, ain't you? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you hadn't made you when you graduate to mentor E. That's your next step, I I'm pretty sure. This, I'm not a part of none of this. Progression. This is just in his head. You're a tootle E now. No. He's a tootler. This is all just in his head. What position? <laughs> yeah. Um all right. Well, I wanted to tell you guys about a. I wanted to tell you guys about something, but I might tell you later. Yeah. Um. Think about think about the information you release. What was it? Well, I wanted to tell them about our new partner, our new hydration partner. New partner. But oh. I'll, 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 yeah. Hold on. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Look, what I want to talk about today is one thing I want to talk about is making mistakes. Making mistakes. Well, this should be a relevant topic to every human listening to this podcast. Have you ever made a mistake? Okay. Now, specifically, what I want to talk about is making mistakes that you cannot fix. Have you ever made a mistake that you just have to live and work through the consequences of it because you cannot go back and fix that mistake? Yeah. yeah a bunch. I think probably everybody has. Those are the hard ones to deal with. That that's what And that's what I want to talk about. All right, what do you do when that happens? What do you do when you make a mistake and you can't go back and set it right for whatever reason? Why is this lesson important to me? When I was a SEAL, I made a mistake one time that could not be fixed, period. And... It put my entire life's work and career in jeopardy. That's why this topic is important to me. Even currently, in, in, in more recent than that, there have been mistakes that I have made that I say I cannot go back and set this right. So what do I do? What do I do? I see what a lot of people will do is they'll let that hang over their head for years and years and years and essentially let it defeat them. Just let it eat, eat at them. You can't, make, you can't fix it. It's in the books, right? What would you do? Well, I'm sitting here thinking about mistakes that you can fix. Like, I was thinking the same thing. I, I mean, don't know that you can fix any mistakes not really fix it. I mean, I guess if say you can set it right though, like say you, you can set it right. Say you wrecked a car. I'm sitting here thinking, well, you can't undo that, but you can fix it. You could go get the car fixed. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. I mean, that, yeah, but your insurance still going. Go well, well, that's what I'm sitting here thinking. But, but yeah, you, that's that's setting it right to you, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, and yeah. then something else would be you permanently hurt somebody and can't do anything about it. Exactly. Emotionally, right. physically. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking on an emotional level. I was trying to think of examples, um, just a variety of examples. But one of the things that came to mind was um, just I know a lot of people who um, have had, you know, situations in their marriages where something has happened. Mm. Maybe somebody has cheated on another person or something has happened where the relationship has like, you can't go back and change that. You know, like there you go. You did something that you can't reverse time. You know, you can't be like Superman in that eighties movie where you fly in reverse around the dude. You guys are probably too young for that, but 
uh, fly around the earth in reverse to, to go back and, and fix the disasters that have happened. Um, and, and those things can happen. And, and I think the hardest is that relational aspect because you lose trust, can't go back and regain that trust. And so, um, so I think that, you know, what do you do in those situations? And I guess one of the things that comes to mind, um, is just, you can't, you can't, uh, you have to acknowledge that, I think, one. You have to acknowledge that. Like, I can't change that. And so what matters now is this moment in the present. What am I going to do to move forward? Because I think sometimes I see people um, make more mistakes out of that mistake. So um, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to move forward in this, and I can't repair that, I can't change that, but I can learn from it, and I can start showing up differently. And I can do what I, whatever I can do to be um, the best in this moment and move forward, you know. So maybe it's like, okay, I, I lost trust with my wife maybe, but my kids, like, I got to stay in the game for them. Like, I can't, I'm not going to then in turn damage my relationship with them and make a further mistake, you know. And so, I don't know, I guess that just is what comes to mind, just sort of externally processing that is uh, – you got to acknowledge that you you can't you can't fix it, and then you got to say, okay, what what do I do now in this moment to keep moving forward and not make a mistake out of that mistake? So I could see, yeah, how that could snowball. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And and in my so in my uh, in my scenario, way back when I was a young team guy, I shot a dude that I wasn't supposed to shoot, right? And so that was the mistake that I could not take that back. I couldn't turn back the hands of time. I couldn't fix that situation, right? Now, along the lines of what Chris is saying, that could have very easily snowballed because what could have happened is that could have, if I would have let that mistake hang over me for the rest of my career, I would have been hesitant, right? I would have pulled back on my aggressiveness, right? Uh, and that would be an example in that case if that mistake would have built other mistakes, which could have potentially later on gotten me killed, right? If I would have said, man, I screwed this situation up. Let me pull back. I'm going to be I'm gonna be a little, uh, you know, I'm not more careful, but almost sheepish or shy or, or you know, like n- losing the aggression that is needed uh, doing that job, okay? So acknowledging that and not letting that snowball, I think, is a huge part of moving forward. For me, eh, Krista said you need to acknowledge the fact that you can't do anything to make it right. I think that's smart. I think on top of that and, and, and a little different than that, I think you have to come to a point at least once the dust settles because if you make one of these mistakes that you can't go back and fix and it significantly impacts someone else and your life, it's going to be a pretty chaotic situation. When the dust settles, You need to take ownership of that mistake. You have got to. Because taking ownership of the mistake completely, like even if there is something that it would make completely logical sense for you to blame that mistake on in the the situation of a marriage, if it may if it made sense for you to be able to say, well, of course I cheated on my wife. She wasn't she wasn't showing me any intimacy. She wasn't giving me enough intimacy. Like negative, man. Negative. In my situation, if I could have picked something apart in that situation, if I could have blamed it, I could have blamed it on my weapon. I could have came up with something to blame it on. I would have never moved forward in my life if I would have chosen to do that. So it's going to be really tempting when you guys make these mistakes to look every which way and find some little thing that you can blame your mistake on. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. 
just stand up in front of everybody that was impacted by this decision, this action, whatever it is, and say, this was 100% completely on me. In my case, ultimately, I was the one that pulled the trigger. If we're talking about, if we're talking about in a marriage, ultimately, you're the one that does the act. If we're talking about in business, you you are the one that made the, the wrong decision or whatever it may be, however it plays in. Just freaking own it, man. That is the first step in being able to move forward once the dust settles. Please do that. Guess what happens when you do that? The people that were impacted by the mistake that you made, they, they actually look at you in a different light. They all of a sudden, they might be looking at you. It, you they, they may have no trust in you, no faith in you. They may, they, may ha- they may not like you because of the mistake you made. But when they see you step up and take ownership of that, they start to say, well, man, okay. Maybe, maybe there's a chance that we can rebuild some trust. Maybe there's a chance that we can rebuild a friendship. Maybe there's a chance that we don't have to suffer for the rest of our lives, right? So it gives everyone around you hope in you, right? I, I think it changes the, uh, the um, whatever they're trying to do so the people you that it's impacted, they're no longer trying to accuse you. And now they're thinking, well, okay, this happened. So now let's look at why it happened and maybe what we can do to prevent it. Instead of putting all their energy into, you're saying that you didn't do this, and I have to prove to you that you did do it and that you're responsible for it. But once that's off the table, then you can start to move forward. But I think until the people that it affected believe that you, you know, that that you understand you did it, then it it clears the table of that. So there's no longer... An accuser of you. No, nobody can accuse you because you're accusing yourself. You're saying, "Yeah, I did that," and then there's no point in trying to say, "Hey, why? You know what's going on here?" Yeah, I, I yeah. did it, and now let's move forward. And now you can move forward. Yeah, I think uh, I'd add a third thing too. So, in addition to acknowledge it and then own it, I would also say um, communicate the cost that it's had. So. You know, maybe maybe this applies mostly in relational issues, but I guess in business too it could apply. But um, but I might say to Chad, you know, like I not I acknowledge I made the wrong decision here, and and I might even say, and it was a hundred percent me. Like I'm not blaming it; it was a hundred percent me. I think it goes even deeper um, in in uh, repairing something when you also say, and not only was it hundred percent me, but I realized that this is what it cost you. Like, this is how it impacted you. This is how it broke our relationship. This is how this is how you surely felt. This is surely what you experienced. Or in a business decision, going to your team and saying, you know, it's 100% on me. That was the wrong call. And this is what it's cost us. And, and, and so I think that adds maybe a, a further layer. But I think that creates, creates depth within a relationship or within a team that without acknowledging the cost and recognizing it's a little bit of empathy, recognizing what that other person has experienced, Mm. um, I think brings even greater healing to that. And that tactic works so well that you can actually take responsibility for a mistake that you didn't do. And it still clears the table and you move forward and you're modeling that. I'm not saying to always do that. to be manipulative. But you can put that out there and model it for the person yeah. who made yeah. the mistake, and they right, think, right, right. "Well, man, look, look how he." You know, if nobody's going to take ownership of this thing, at least our leader or whoever is going to say, "Hey, this is our fault," and it clears, it still clears the table, and allows you to move forward. Well, if it's a if it's a team setting with a leader, it is on you ultimately. Yeah. So, yeah, I think also doing that models 100%. it for other people so that they feel more comfortable and safe doing it themselves. You know, so people aren't um, trying to protect themselves and and uh, keep the blame and, the, you know, keep blame shifting and keep it off themselves. But if they see somebody modeling that humility, modeling that ownership, then they're more likely to 
come into the team or come into that situation willing to do the same. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think it all, I mean, I think I have to disagree with you slightly. I mean, if somebody makes a mistake in some other country right now that I ain't got nothing to do with, never met, I'm not taking ownership for that. But in your case, taking owner, what would seem like taking ownership for somebody else. If I was a leader of a team of people and someone made a mistake, that ultimately falls back on me. Yeah. That's when I think that applies. I don't think it just applies like to some random person that made a mistake. No, you have to be involved to some extent, but say... But I mean, that would ultimately fall on you. It's still not taking it for somebody else. It would just seem that well, way. Well, yeah. Like if it's not, I mean, like if it's not directly, like if if we're this in our team, if you do something wrong and it's direct, obviously Chili did this wrong, but it's my fault for not, you know, the, the leader or the one that, yeah, it's the leader should take responsibility for it and it still wipes I mean that's what I think it still wipes the table clean because in the end you trace it all the way back and it's something the leader did or didn't do well to me in that situation it would be a it would be it would reflect poorly on me if I didn't take ownership of it and it would also reflect poorly on you or whoever the leader is if they didn't as well yeah to me yeah I saw this happen in a seal platoon all the time that that was one of the the main things that the shooters the guys he called it in the SEAL teams. It was called the E6 Mafia. It was all the dudes that were like boots on the ground, the shooters. What they looked for, uh, what they they really respected in a chief was if the chief would cover for the boys. Right? If the boys made a mistake internally, the the boy that the 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 E6 that made the mistake, he would get hammered internally. But when it went up the chain. Right, the chief would take the heat, mm-hmm. would take the flack from whatever that mistake was, uh, as it moved up and up the chain. It's an extremely valuable trait in a leader. Um, you know that platoon that I was in uh, when I made one of the biggest mistakes of my life. Uh, it's it's really interesting because when we when we trace it back, it was my first platoon. We had a really really weak platoon chief that actually ended up getting fired halfway through our unit-level workup, which was our main six-month-long training block before deployment. When that platoon chief got fired, there was no leader. They They did not replace him. We just went forward as a platoon with no chief. And by, by no means am I making an excuse... I'm just saying that was part of my experience in the SEAL teams was going through pretty much my entire first pre-deployment workup and deployment with zero leadership. You know, we had a lieutenant that graduated buds the same time I did. The only reason he was in, he was the next guy above the chief, right? He had no freaking experience. He was just there because he went to school. And boy, you want to talk about discord. You want to talk about some some hate and discontent that was in that platoon, and it was all because a total lack of leadership, total lack of leadership. Um, and we could have fixed that. I mean, there there and, and, and somebody could have stepped up, but nobody did step up. It just it is the way it is. Well, people will let will wait for them to say, "Hey, you're the leader now," before they actually start trying to yeah. lead. And you don't have to have that. Yep. I mean, eventually, the person, someone's got to, or the team will just fall apart. Oh, the team fell apart. Yeah. Oh, it fell slam apart <laughs> at the seams. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was rough. Bad rough. Um. Yeah, these are all really, really important lessons that hopefully you don't have to learn the hard way. Um. Okay, moving forward, we've acknowledged it. We've taken ownership of it. We've empathized with the people that are affected by it. Now, I would suggest you learn from it. You learn from it. This is the next step. Really sitting down and picking this apart and learning from it. Would y'all say that's important? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Learn from it, okay? Yeah, I mean, the the there's no value in... It's just a mistake at that point, and 
if you don't pull the lessons out of it, then it's going to happen again. You're going to do it again. Yep. That's a process. Really breaking it down. What does that look like? Because I've never made a mistake and sat down and thought about it. In like, I would say I've learned from mistakes, but I'm trying to think about right now how that process is when it hasn't looked like me sitting down at a table and working it out with a pen and paper or something. You know, it's it's yeah. it's it's looked like me basically going and putting myself in that same situation or this may not apply to every kind of mistake. It just depends on what it is. And then just remembering and being better. Mm -hmm. The way, the way that I've learned this, the mistake I'm talking about that I've been talking about through this whole podcast, the way I learned from it is wasn't writing it down. Right. But it was going, uh, it was going, uh, I guess having conversation, talking through the mistake with my peers, the people who were there that day, uh, the people who were influencing me, um, really talking through that mistake piece by piece and saying, okay, this is what I, this is what I did the night before that this is, by the way, the night before that happened, I went out and got hammered drunk and this is what I did that morning. And this is what I did here, here, really honestly like honestly breaking this thing down not trying to make excuses or trying to 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 come up with some false narrative that it the way it, not that's not actually the way it happened all right and that's the only way to learn from it man and talk whether you want to talk through that with people that are important to you or whether you want to sit down and actually write Write that down and come up with what you will do different next time. So telling the truth. Telling the truth. That's a huge... To, huge. Also to yourself. Yeah. Because this all, learning from mistakes kind of mimics learning from failure. Because a, fa a failure, if you try to do something and don't manage it, that's not necessarily a mistake. I think those are two different things. Um, But you have to learn from failures the same way. And I think being honest telling the truth even applies to telling the truth to yourself because mm -hmm. I've failed before at things and basically lied to myself for a while. I basically didn't acknowledge that I failed. I've done that before and that's not a good thing. You, you completely delay the learning from it process if you don't even acknowledge that you, <laughs> that you failed because yeah. mm -hmm. you just didn't want to admit it to yourself. Like, that's well, a mistake and failure, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that goes back to what Chad said about sharing it with other people and talking to your team or talking to your friends or talking to others who know you well, who are going to be honest with you because we deceive ourselves and we, you know, we do want to tweak the story a little bit. We don't want to be honest with ourselves usually. And so that's where it can be helpful to have people around you who are willing to be mirrors for you. Yeah. That'll just show you what's there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and a lot of times they're they, they're more apt to, to showing you what's there mm -hmm. because it's not their freaking butt that's on mm -hmm. the line. Yeah, right? and and that's why it's important in life, you know, to surround yourself with friends and with people who are willing to do that because not everybody's like that. You can surround yourself with people who are just going to tell you what you want to hear. They want to keep the peace, and so it is important to have people that are going to be hard with you and be honest with you. You dang right. Mm -hmm. I can tell you I can tell you right now off the top of my head three or four people that are in positions of influence that are living in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. They have literally created their own echo chamber. Yes, man. By the Surrounded. people that surround them. That's exactly right. What's the name of that church that guy did that? Now it's a podcast. Oh, I don't forgot. Mars Hill. Yeah. Mars Hill, yeah. Yep. Yep. So Next thing we want to do, I got like two more things, maybe. So, are, are you moving on from learn from it? Yeah, unless you guys got well, something else. I was going to say something about that. Um, learning from it, I think it's easy to think of that just in terms of like rationality, like what did I do wrong and let, I thought differently. But I think a lot of people don't dig down deep enough and they keep it just on a superficial plane when they're analyzing things and. I think a lot of the reason we make the decisions we do isn't necessarily because of bad thinking. Sometimes that's the case. Maybe it's a business decision. It's bad thinking or other things. But a lot of times uh, 
it's because of something that's going on with us emotionally. It can be the decisions we make can be driven by fear. Um, and I'd say most of the time this is true. Fear could be driven by pride, could be driven by all kinds of things. And so I would say if you're tempted to stop at that superficial level when you're analyzing it and, and trying to glean what you can from the situation, dig deeper because there's you got to ask more questions. You've got to ask, well, why that? You know, what motivated me there? Why would I choose that? You know, and whether it's a relational uh, problem or a business problem or, you know, you're part of a team, there's something going on that's motivating you on down below, you know, whether it's yeah. emotional or some desire that's not being met, that you're trying to get met in a certain way that's maybe it's an appropriate desire, but it's being distorted. And so, so I would say that's key in thinking about learning from that mistake or learning from the situation is, is be willing to go deep. Mm. So be willing to be honest, but also be willing to go deep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people skip that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. The next thing I got is live with the consequences. I don't mean just like mope your way through the consequences. I mean like get get slap in it and live with it. When I made the mistake I made as a SEAL, they sent me to a freaking hole. You know what I did for one year straight? I inventoried weapons. I set and read serial numbers off of guns all day and checked them off a list. All day, every day, for a year. That sounds like you. In a hole, with in a cage, with no light. I mean, no outside light, <laughs> just a fluorescent light. Freaking, I inventoried weapons. It's worse than QuickBooks. Worse than the Brig. It, it, yeah, literally. But guess what I did? I said, all right. Inventory weapons. This is what I got to do. I'm going to inventory these freaking weapons better than anybody has ever inventoried them before, son. I'm not going to make a single mistake. I'm, I'm going to make sure everything is where it needs to be at all times. And I just poured myself in to the consequence of the mistake that I made. So you got to be willing to do that, man. If, if, if you make one of these mistakes that we're talking about, it's probably going to knock you down a level. You're probably going to have to humble yourself. I went from freaking jumping out of airplanes and shooting millions of rounds and doing complex tasks with multi-million dollar equipment to reading numbers. Talk about humbling. Now, if you go into that, if you go into to, to this phase of living with the consequence of your mistake and you just mope your way through it, guess what everybody's going to think of you? They're going to think, yep, that's a turd right there. Once a turd, always a turd. thought we were going to make it through a podcast without that word. <laughs> There's a lot of turds out there. So, uh, I, I mean, this is much easier said than done, guys, because this is a lot of times you're going to get knocked down to a place where you feel demoralized. You really do. You feel like your your life is being wasted. I mean, who knows? You may be out freaking pulling weeds somewhere. Or you might not have a spouse. Yeah. I mean, you you're might gonna, get divorced. You, you, yeah, you may lose all your money. You may, your business may tank because of, because of a mistake. You know, you know what would happen if, if our business tanked, I would, I would go and get a freaking job making enough money for me to live off of until we built everything back even bigger than it was before it tanked. And we would be able to do that because 
The first reason it would it would ever tank is because of a bad mistake that we couldn't fix. If we work through this process, we have to live with the consequences of it, which might mean me working at freaking McDonald's one day. I don't put anything off the table. I don't tell anyone I won't do anything. That's a strong word. Yeah. I, I don't tell. There, there is nothing that I'm going to tell you I will not do. Because if it comes down to it, that may be the the consequences of bad decisions that I've made. And I may have to do whatever it is that I can do for a certain amount of time. But I'm going to do it the best that I can possibly do it. And I'm going to be working the whole way to build myself and my team back to the place that we were and beyond. And we will be able to go beyond because we will have worked through this process. Easier said than done. Promise you. Um, I can't add much. To, I mean, I that's uh, you got to have something on a a mistake on a big level to live with consequences that are so bad that you don't want to live with them, right? I mean, it in maybe your job or something is is bigger or in the military, but like as a old military, <laughs> ain't that what it is? <laughs> Ain't that what it is? <laughs> but, I mean, i just saying I can't, there's not much I can think back on to add value to that pretty much hits yeah, it. Yeah, I think what Chad's saying is stay present and stay engaged. Because mm. I think what the the tendency is and the default, I think, is for most people to, to quit. Even if you don't, on the surface, people might not think you've quit. I think internally a lot of people quit. And so I think, uh, and that's kind of what I, I was saying earlier, I think leads to the, following a mistake with more mistakes those the secondary mistakes and tertiary mistakes happen because you you started to quit you start to disengage and so i think if you can um stay present and live in those consequences and stay engaged with them whatever you have now on your plate whatever's at the table that's where you know you you can't necessarily redeem yourself in the sense you you get back what you lost but you can redeem that moment and what's in the future you can, you can move forward and uh, build back. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. That's what it means to live with your consequences. Press forward. Press forward. And understand that that mistake that you made is going to make you better. And once you work through the consequence of it, you are going to be able to achieve a higher level than you achieved before you made the mistake. All right. I think that's valuable information. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, you, listener, I hope you thought, I hope you got something out of that. If you don't, it's a mistake. We just gave you a freaking... <laughs> a, a pro- By the way... Do you just realize that I just told you about something that I actually did that nearly cost me everything, and I just told you how I worked through it? I didn't come up with some crap that I read out of a freaking book. I didn't regurgitate some information that I've heard. That Look, I tell you guys, man, we do not teach or speak from theory here. We are teaching and speaking from a place of experience. All right? Don't ever get me freaking confused with one of these other self-help turds turds that are out there. Okay? Half the people y'all are listening to are just regurgitating some information that they heard from somewhere else, which... Doesn't make the information any less valuable. Mm. The information, the information, if it's presented properly, is still valuable. But seek people that can speak to you from experience because it's going to be that much more applicable. Yeah, man, level 10 don't mean nothing to me. Level well, it's 10, hard, coach. Yeah. It's hard to teach something that you've not been through because you, you haven't learned the lesson until you've been through it. That's what we talked about on Stephanie's podcast. Yeah. Heck you yeah. kind of got to go through it and learn it for yourself. Someone can still help you, but you can't help someone else going through the same thing you're going through. 
the last thing I want to talk about, and then I want to wrap this podcast up. I want to get y'all's take on this. Somebody sent me a DM on Instagram. Uh, you'll know who it is. Uh, no, this is good. Who will know th- th- who it this is? This is good. The person that sent me the DM, because uh. I'm going to message them and say, hey, we answered your question on the podcast. This this person says, I've been thinking about giving my life to Jesus, but I don't know how. And honestly, I'm a little scared because my life is going to have to change so much. All right. The first thing I want to tell you, bro, is this is this ain't about you. All right? This ain't about you. Like you you say you're you're like you're scared because your life is going to have to change so drastically. Well, I want you to first understand you're not going to be able to make those changes yourself. Like don't think that you're going to give your life to Jesus and then you're going to start trying to change the things that you need to change and that is what is going to save you. This ain't about you, man. This is let me tell you how real this is. I used to be the biggest heathen, savage, killer, sinner, you name it, son. I, there ain't many sins out there on the list that I ain't committed. All right? When you truly understand Jesus, who he is, what he did, and what he is offering to you, you will hit your freaking knees, man. And when you accept him, when you when you give your when you when you offer yourself to him he actually inhabits you your your body becomes a temple of the holy spirit the holy spirit literally entered my body and helped me in the process of becoming better I got better than I could have ever become through my own efforts. You cannot become, you can't get better through your own efforts. But this is biblical, right? Um, you have to rely on him for every aspect of this journey. You have to get it out of your head that this is something that you are going to do or you need to do. Get that out of your freaking head, man. Understand what is being offered to you by Jesus Christ and you will freaking fall on your face in tears. You are you will be so thankful. Oh man. Well, um, I, I wish you guys could 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 understand how real this is to me. This is so I think about people all the time, man. People that people that I, I'm I'm in friendship with in life, people that I'm aligned with in life. When you come into alignment with me or any other child of God that is filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you ain't look, you ain't rolling with me. You ain't rolling with Chad. You're rolling with the creator of the universe who is within Chad. Like Thank God you ain't rolling with me. It's 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 just you you have to grasp this. It's yeah. real. It's that's not something I'm coming. I'm I have experienced this. What were you gonna say, Chili? Well, it sounds like that's I don't know. I'm I'm having a trouble. You may need to read it again. He's scared because he knows that a lot of change is coming. His life. He's scared because his life is going to have to change so much. Isn't that the point? I mean, it sounds like that's what you want. It sounds it sounds like you're listening to a comment that's that's talking about the the conflict of it all in one succinct sentence. It's he basically expressed in the first half he wants to change, and then the second half of the sentence is I'm scared to change or scared what it might look like. That's what you want, man. That's the whole point. Yeah. I mean, that's 
Well, that's what led me to think maybe maybe he's afraid that he will not be able to make the change. Maybe, yeah. I mean, you know, that's the only thing that would make sense to me. Or if you're just there's a part of you that's scared of what it's going to look like to leave this person that I'm assuming it's a male that leave your girlfriend who's living in sin or Could be. or change this or not associate with this person or quit doing this that this sin that you have become so ingrained to do and you're scared of what that might look like it might upend everything it's like well that's that's the change though that you're craving because you recognize that there's a problem i mean are you happy with your life now doesn't sound like it so the change is what you need mm-hmm. it's not something to be scared of mm-hmm. i don't know i mean it's kind of a there's different ways to interpret that question but i told yeah. you guys on resurrected the other night and then oh, oh, sorry about that krista I told you guys on Resurrected the other night, it's hard to comprehend how how we must become a slave to Jesus in order to become free. It's It's a weird thing to think, well, right now, if you don't have Christ in your life, you are a slave to something. Right, you're you're bound by something. When you become a slave to Christ, you are you are set free. It's it's the truest. It is the only freedom that you can experience on life in 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 life. In in my opinion, it's weird to comprehend that man. It's weird to comprehend how those two things are succinct. Well, freedom is hard to comprehend. Yeah. Because we are, like you said, you're a slave to something. So it's hard. It's hard to even know what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was going to say is uh, you're, you're trapped kind of because you're looking at it from the only perspective, you know, right now. And so when you, when you change, you're going from scripture talks about this from an old self to a new self. And you don't, you don't know that new self yet. So you can only view things through the old self. And so that, that transition is going from, a, for, to a new heart you have this old heart this old record this old life and then you go to a new heart a new record and a new life but you don't know what those that new heart that new record and that new life looks like because you're still standing in that old self and so it is it is scary it is daunting it is like it, mysterious anything that's mysterious anything that's unknown is scary uh, doesn't just apply to this. So it's totally understandable to, to, to see why he might be thinking those things and feeling those things. But you don't know till you're on that other side what that freedom looks like, what it feels like, because you're just trapped by this, this old perspective. Well, I'll say too, man, the change is already beginning. Right? Yeah. yeah. Just true. by asking that question. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something already happening. That's huge, yeah. That's, yeah. that's by the way, should be easy for you to recognize eat out that the that's kind of out of your control because it is mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a it's hard to understand but like the change is already occurring for you to even ask that question yeah so well and i mean i'll just say on the slave part i don't think you're really a slave to jesus i think it's more like slave to servant like i think of a slave as something you're bound by something that you don't want to be bound by and a servant is you're bound by something that you that you want to serve so a servant wants to please think of old times a servant in a house wants to please their master like that's what they want to do a dog is a servant to you it wants to please you a slave is someone saying i have to do this i don't want to do it but i have to and and that's the difference, yeah. right? That's yeah. going from bound by slavery to bound. It's probably a better word. It's probably a better word. Now, now, me, me personally, I like to use. I like to think of myself as just a completely submitted, undeserving slave to Jesus Christ. For me, that's the way I like to think about. It. I'm not saying you have to use that same word. Yeah, but it's just thinking it thinking through it that way it sounds like you wouldn't want to do it a yeah. slave sounds like you wouldn't want to do it so that's why i say servant is like you will want to do these things yes yeah. yeah you know it's interesting to me the great thing going back to what chili said something is happening right now in you guy um look man the fact that you're wrestling with this puts you 
so much further ahead than anyone else. We talk about how Christianity is very simple. Well, the concept of salvation is is pretty simple. You ask, I don't know how to give my life to Christ. Jesus tells us if we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart um, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he died on the cross and he rose again on the third day, uh, and he's now seated at the right hand of God the Father, that we are saved, right? So that part is simple. If you, but, but that's like the milk, right? Now, there is solid food that you got to chew on if you want to understand the ins and outs of what would be termed theology. There is nothing wrong with the complicated aspects of Christianity. I would actually go as far as to suggest that the simple the simple religions that are easy for your human mind to grasp all aspects of it are the ones that are false. The simplicity of them as a whole, if your mind can grasp the fullness of the God that you are serving easily, uh, well, that ain't a God worth serving. Why do I want to, why do I want to serve a God that my freaking human mind can grasp every aspect of him? Like that that's evidence that it that that is a fault. Here, here's what I see. I see a lot of people, especially influential people, especially wealthy people, especially people that are really successful. They're busy with other things. So they choose not to spend any time wrestling with spiritual matters. And so they come up with a very simple religion, the universe, the universe. They, they come up with these simple terms or they choose some other religion that is simple to understand. And that's what they go with because they're not willing to wrestle with the depth and breadth of the creator of the universe, the legitimate creator of the universe. Jesus made salvation simple because it is his wish that all would be saved. So that aspect is simple. That is the core of it. That is the most important part. But you want to start digging into topics like predestination versus free will and things like that, you have got to wrestle with those things, man. You want to start digging into things like time and the, the age of the earth and all that? You got to wrestle with these things, man. And you're never going to find the answer Some to of them you will never comprehend. You will never comprehend the idea that God predestined people to know him alongside the fact that we have free will. Both are scripturally true. Both are portrayed in scripture in many different places, but you will never comprehend how those things work together. The creator knows. Yeah, I think they're there just for the fact that people wrestle with them and say, I don't know, I don't know this stuff, but clearly it's, it's here in this book, and maybe it's just there for me to understand that God is bigger than me, and I can understand it. I told some people this on a call the other night. I was on a I was on a big Zoom call, and and we were talking about the importance of living every moment of every day and maximizing the time you have in life. And everybody wants to wrestle with this topic, right? How can I make my day and my life? How can I maximize it? How can I utilize every last ounce of the life that I get? Everybody wants to wrestle with that. Everybody wants to dive into that. Everybody wants to, to, to count down and to, to do it. Nobody wants to wrestle with what is happening after this life. Hmm. And it's one of the most worthy things that you can spend your time wrestling on. So that's the fact of the matter, man. What's up, Coach Krista? <laughs> oh, is she coaching you today? She uh, is now. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Y'all got anything else? No. I don't. You did very good today, Chad. Guy. 
Thank you there, guy. You need to get a little better, though. There's a crisis here on this podcast. Y'all both shot well. Uh, Well, I enjoyed it. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you got anything out of the podcast, uh, well, you know, we actually depend on you guys to share the show with other people. That's the only way the show grows, and uh, we want it to grow. So if you think anybody else is has has made a mistake and they're having to work through the process of of recovering from that, share this show with them, man. If you if if there's somebody out there that that is asking the same questions that this guy asked me on Instagram, share the show with them. Like we sit down and spend hours and hours a week doing this. I I'm literally just asking you to share the show with somebody that needs to hear it. Can you do that? I hope so. Uh, I mean, I like to think you can. I would appreciate it. Do you have thumbs (laughs) and eyes? Yeah. Love you guys. Enough said. God.